TLC Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're here. It's Shelby and it's Matt. And this is the week that Taylor Swift's new album came out. <laughs> big. It's a big podcasting week for Shelby. Thank oh, you yeah. for taking your time out oh, to yes. speak with us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm in between press at the moment, you know, doing my interviews, getting my name in magazines. It's. I decided to just, you know, come on for old time's sake and just you know, let grace you with my presence. Oh my gosh, thank you. When yes, I saw your yes. name in L magazine, I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. we, we'll probably not be friends for very much longer. Yeah. She'll be on to bigger and better can. things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, at least this week, you'll be in the presence of greatness because on Thursday, we'll be doing uh, the crossover event of the century when um, my two worlds collide with Swiftish, my Taylor Swift podcast coming on to P.S. You're Wrong to dish it out on Taylor's new album. So something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, not to toot our own horns, but Swiftish has, like you said, been featured by Elle. So, you know, who's the expert on that one? I guess it I guess it depends on what you value, you know. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've been featured on my mom's Instagram page. So, you know, yeah. we've both been big yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. But I'm excited to get into this week, um, even for the things not Taylor related. So I'll uh, try to keep the smugness down a little bit this week. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but before we get started on the news, we have another review. So thank Yay. you, fans, for writing these. Yes, we are yes. we're at 56 right now. We're trying to get to 100. So like, keep them coming, peeps. <laughs> yeah. uh, this one is from Rye Tag. It's titled Two Geniuses, and we got five stars. So that's good. Oh, nice. My hatred of The Office has not robbed us of a star on this review. <laughs> um it's no ex- exaggeration to say that Matt and Shelby have changed my life. Oh my god! Through their podcast, I have come to realize that we are in a new golden age of culture. For instance, I used to foolishly believe that Citizen Kane was the greatest film of all time. <laughs> now I know that honor actually belongs to the 2018 film called The Package. Thank you, Matt and Shelby, for your insight and impeccable taste. The Package is a phenomenal movie, and I encourage everyone... Movie to go see it it's on netflix it's about mm-hmm, a man mm-hmm. who gets or a, a boy a teenager yeah, who gets yeah. his uh penis cut off and is in the woods <laughs> yeah. and his friends have to try to get yeah. the penis in a cooler back to him mm. in it's time truly for high surgery art. yeah yeah i think yeah. about it on the regular actually like it it's it still stays with me you know and how yeah. much art can say that that's true. So true. How much do I remember about that Pokemon movie that we saw earlier <laughs> yeah. this year? Not much, but Nothing. I remember a whole lot about the package. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a great review. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I could uh, open people's eyes, you know, that's what we're here for. We're just bringing bringing these <laughs> tiny little gemstones of culture to you that yeah. maybe you didn't find yourself. Exactly. We're like AMC introducing the artisan <laughs> artisan yes. films highlights. Yes, the artisan collection. <laughs> We're going to start putting frames over our favorite films on Netflix. Yes. And like half of the things on the AMC app now have the artisan logo <laughs> yeah. on it. Like I just need to pull this up really quick because it's, it's truly basically anything baffling. that's not Disney owned, I think is the thing. 
It's <laughs> like um, like yesterday had his had an artisan <laughs> app around it. I'm sure um, Angel has you go? Fallen, probably does. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The kitchen. Yeah, the farewell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. If the package had come out in theaters, it definitely would have been artisan. So yes. 100 but if you want to leave us any more reviews you can do so on apple Podcasts. um just scroll all the way down to the end tap five stars and write us a review um you can also find us on social media at ps you're wrong on twitter on instagram sometimes on facebook and uh scattered across the interwebs with a wordpress blog and a gmail at ps you're wrong at gmail.com so yes we are truly everywhere. We have been <laughs> yeah. also getting some emails from people. Yes. So if you have questions or comments, concerns, things you'd like us to do or talk about, let us know. We're very swayable to the masses. Yeah, and we've got tons of free time. So honestly. <laughs> well, not you. You're a big star. You were an L oh, magazine. You're right. You're right. Let's I forgot for forget. a minute. I forgot. Yeah. Just send the send any PR request to my assistant. I'll uh, I'll sort through it later at a, at another date. You know when I'm less swamped. Her assistant is me, so just send <laughs> yeah. them to me. <laughs> yeah. But let's get into this week because I have been very distracted with one Taylor Swift. So I'm hoping you have something I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, There's a lot of stories this week. I'm not really exactly sure where to start. I guess, so D23 happened this week, which for (laughs) those of you who are unaware, is Disney's big convention that they have once a year where they promote all of their new movies, their TV shows, things with their amusement park, video games, all kinds of stuff they're releasing. This year, coming up, Disney Plus, their streaming platform will be Mm -hmm. unveiled. And so they have been announcing all kinds of new shows and lineups. They announced uh, some Star Wars things. But the, the show that I saw the most attention for was that they are rebooting Lizzie McGuire, starring Hilary Duff as a 30-year-old Lizzie living in New York City. <laughs> and I was a little bit confused about this to begin with because I, I thought, okay, A, is this like a like it's just a new Lizzie McGuire with old or with like new people in it playing the same roles. It's not. And it's also not like a That's So Raven spinoff they did a couple years ago, Raven's Home, where it's basically the same show, but now just Raven's the parent. This appears Wait, to that me- happened? <laughs> yes, and I watched it. <laughs> so that's so Raven Re- What? That's shocking. Yes. I didn't know that. It was called Raven's Home. Was it was it okay. It was fine. And Raven <laughs> and Annalise, uh, whatever her name is, the friend, uh-huh. were parents, and it was about their kids. Okay, and I okay. think Raven's, yeah, like kids. So, like the girl Anyways. meets world angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Or um, Fuller House, basically oh, yeah. that model. <laughs> But I don't, I think that this is just like an adult show that just is starring the character Lizzie McGuire as an adult. Exactly. And they did confirm that it will have the animated Lizzie appearing throughout the episode as the narrator. So stuff to look forward to, nostalgia, but also it's like, I mean, she's in this show right now called Younger, where she's a 30-something in New York City. So it's sort of like, how is it going to be <laughs> different? You know, it's it's Hillary Duff. There's only so many notes she can hit, but I'm excited. Well, it, it's also 
I'm a little bit skeptical about it because when you look at the cast of the original Lizzie McGuire, La Lane is like off at a yoga retreat someplace <laughs> in Mexico, like has not been seen in years. So I sort of doubt she's coming back. Gordo is also like the freakiest freak. If you have researched him at all online. <laughs> so I don't think he's Maybe coming back. Maybe they'll just recast either. them, you know, like they'll just find a hot dude to play. I guess. But, it, but that feels sort of weird when like the actors are the appropriate age and out there in the world. And yeah. then like the parents wouldn't have moved to New York City, so they wouldn't be yeah, in it. So really, is them. it just like the brother or like who is in this? Or is it I all think new it's cast? just I think it's just Disney. You know, they never want to reinvent the wheel. So they're like, oh, let's remake this. Hillary Duff is free. Cool. People will watch this show that probably has nothing really to do with the original, except that it's a vehicle to get new audience members as well as the old Disney lovers to sign up for their streaming service. You know, it's like a sure bet for them. So it'll just be like younger, but PG-13 rated. I don't understand. Okay. So on one hand, I do understand Disney's idea to reboot all of these things, make all these TV shows, Marvel spinoffs, Star Wars Mm -hmm. spinoffs. But at the same time, part of the reason why I think all of those things are so successful is because they are unique. And as soon as you start making like five different Star Wars series that are all on Disney Plus (laughs) on top of the movies, you're going to start like people are not as many people are going to watch those shows. It's going to be too hard to keep up with. And then also, if you're tying in things from the shows to the movies, then less people are going to watch the movies. So I can see like bringing back some things as kind of these big prestige moments. But Mm -hmm. when you start bringing back like everything that has ever been invented, I mean, they're doing a Lady in the Tramp live action (laughs) remake. Uh, Like, like who is watching all of this? Like nobody is able to keep up with all this. And this is just Disney Plus. There's 17 other streaming services that are in the works. Like no one has time to watch that much stuff now. And we don't even have Apple Plus and Disney Plus and the Warner one. You know, it's like HBO Max. Like there's just too much already. Yeah, I think it's just become sort of a quantity over quality game where it's like they're just watering down the market so that tons of people touch at least a little bit of their product. And so they don't care necessarily about the quality of it or the experience of it, the epicness of it, because they've already, you know, how many more Marvel universes will suddenly appear? How many will how many like Star Wars sort of ideas are left in the universe i feel like people are just think this is what we have these are the most creative pursuits mankind has done and will do and so so disney's just hedging their bets like this is their house and they're proud of it and they're just building around it instead of hoping to like build out new wings and new worlds because you know they're running out of land and disney they can't build another world if someone were to create some brand new idea they're just enjoying the huge huge variety they have right now i think but like have they already forgotten solo how solo (laughs) came out and it was like only the second star wars movie in like a three-year span and people were still like oh this is too much we don't watch it we hate it and you think that by launching six tv shows that's gonna get people like more excited about things i don't think so well i think it'll just it'll water it down so that people can't be mad about one thing as like an experience right like they can't vocalize and how annoying solo is because it's like how 
Netflix shows are all flash in the pans and they're over. And so now it'll be the same thing where it's like, oh, this TV show sucked, but then it's on to the next. And so it's like, you can't keep up with the criticism. So no one will care anymore. <laughs> you know? So but like, is that the business model that Disney wants? Like I Netflix know, has to have that business model because it's, we just need as many people as possible to be subscribers right. because we're not getting paid like by individual shows or whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if people are watching a lot or a little or what they're watching, as long as they're watching something. Yeah. But with Disney, I mean, I guess this is a streaming service, but that hasn't been their model so far. And I feel like if they do that with the streaming it would hurt their movies like if netflix all of a sudden started like launching things in theaters i feel like people would be like oh they they would not be inclined to go to it solely because it's a netflix property right because they're like oh well netflix is a lot of crap right (laughs) yeah i mean disney has been making a lot of weird choices i think um in the marvel universe they made huge waves when it was announced this week that they lost the partnership with Sony to use Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Spider-Man is like cut out of Marvel. It's no longer going to be Tom Holland like leading the Marvel phase, whatever we're in. And it's all because Disney wanted to reconfigure their co-financing deal with Sony who's owned Spider-Man and Sony was like no we're not going to do that we're not going to split royalties 50-50 we don't want that so we're just going to take him out and Disney was like fine we don't need him which is just like bonkers because they just invested an entire flagship film with Far From Home setting him up as sort of the new Tony Stark and like they've been trotting out Tom Holland as as like the new face of the Marvel universe, the younger generation. And so now they've just sort of like given up because it wasn't like worth it anymore. It's just like, it's sort of weird to see the corporate side of Disney affecting all these creative endeavors because it is, it's unfortunate and it's weird to think of, you know, it just comes down to this numbers game that we don't totally understand. And that doesn't seem like it'll make the most sense. And like, I think Sony made a mistake in, in letting that happen too, because the Spider-Man movie was their biggest film of the year. And so it's like they should have wanted to stick with Disney because even a 50-50 um, would still bring them huge dollars. And now Sony's just going to mess up another Spider-Man. So, Although I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I think that Sony of the two has gotten off a lot better because... One, just like optic wise, they look like they're the underdog in comparison to Disney. But also, they have two Spider-Man movies that have been set up nicely with Marvel. How many more movies is Tom Holland actually going to make that are standalone Spider-Man movies? (laughs) Like one, maybe two, which I feel like they can. When the third Spider-Man comes out, even though it's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore, it will still have all of those characters from the other two Spider-Man movies. So it won't have like, you know, Tony Stark in it, but it'll have Zendaya. It'll have, you know, whoever. And he could easily like go off on another fun, exciting mission. And I think people would go see it because they like Tom Holland. They like this character. They like sort of what's been set up, even separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The problem with Marvel is that now they have both with the Avengers Endgame and with this last Spider-Man movie, 
they've set up sort of this like world around him that now he's not going to be there. So they're going to have to come up with some excuse. Like, did he die? Did he like, like what, (laughs) what are they going to say? Exactly. (laughs) Because they have to say something in these movies or otherwise it's going to be weird. I know. And it'll be, it'll be weird regardless. I mean, Tom Holland was such a delight and it's also like, are we now going to have to see a Tom Holland Spider-Man hanging out with Venom? You know, like those are the characters that Sony has. It just reminds me of like a TV show or a movie where there's like the cool kid in high school and like SoCal and he's so popular. And then his parents decide to move to like Ohio and he's the loser who's awkward and can't fit in. And that's how I feel for Tom Holland now. Like the poor guy was like, freaking hanging out with the Avengers. He was the star of this huge billion dollar thing. And now he's just this like, he's just there to be Sony's flagship leading man now, which we'll see if it, it works makes out. Disney look real douchey though. Yeah. Because they have how many other superheroes? They have all of Marvel. They're making billions of dollars off of these movies <laughs> and they couldn't let Sony have, you know, like whatever half of, you know, 60% of. <laughs> well, no, it was like, it was a pretty crazy deal. Like Disney was pretty desperate for Spider-Man. So they agreed to this deal where, as far as I understand it is Kevin Feig was basically on loan from Marvel to produce the Sony, but Sony kept all of the the uh, earnings and stuff, well, except for like a way, 5%. So. Either way, it doesn't matter that much <laughs> in Disney's budget. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, and, really and having him be in other Marvel movies, they're making the money off of that. So, right. I mean, I'm sure that Sony is getting a some kind of chunk of like Avengers Endgame, but it's not yeah. like oh, 90% of Avengers Endgame <laughs> went to Sony. It's like Disney, just for gonna sakes, if you really wanted the character and you didn't have the character, like pay just up. pay up. It's yeah. not like you don't have money for this. It's not like yeah. you're in a between a rock and a hard place. Whereas Sony, yeah, this is their biggest property right now is the Spider-Man movie. So yeah. why would they give over half of that to somebody who already has like loads of money <laughs> and just bought a whole nother studio so they could have X-Men? You know, it's yeah. It's just No, it's true. It is. It's it, they all just look a little you know greedy and disney never looks good they just look worse and worse but i mean to your point like disney plus is gonna be interesting to see how successful it is and to see how many viewers it actually pulls because obviously it's disney and like you'll sign up but it's also like aren't we just running out of money for these things like how many streaming services can we handle I think it'll be very interesting to see how things shake out within the next year when all of these new streaming services come out, stuff that's currently on, you know, like Hulu or Netflix is going to get pulled to be on these Mm -hmm. other streaming services. Like, what are people going to buy? Disney apparently has some kind of plan in it that they I don't know if they've fully announced it yet but they have made announcements that they're going to be trying to cut back on like account sharing so you know Mm. they're going to be putting in some restrictions to that which i think could also hurt them because so far netflix and hbo go are like you know have at it share with whoever you want (laughs) disney's so greedy you're right they're just corporate monsters but I don't know if, like, I think that they think that they have more heavy hitters than they do. And yeah. I think when people, when adults have to decide, okay, am I going to buy the HBO 
package or the Disney package, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to pick HBO, like even or Netflix, even if they do have even if Disney does have some of these tent poles. I don't know if like a Boba Fett series is that (laughs) big of a draw that people are going to be like, you know what, I'm going to watch that. That's what everybody's going to be talking about over, you know, Westworld season three, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, they announced too that they wouldn't have any R-rated films or television on their streaming service. So it'll be really, you know, family friendly, sort of their, that puritanical, almost controlled, clean, sparkly streaming service which means like yeah adults will have to choose between being able to stream avengers whenever they want or getting to watch like any of these highbrow like art television shows like the handmaid's tale and orange is the new black and i don't know like fleabag anything that has sex or swearing or mature content cannot be found on disney plus and so it's just they're really limiting themselves a little bit in what they can stream that isn't you know traditional disney and well and it's weird because disney also owns hulu so (laughs) so the adult content would theoretically go to hulu but does that mean that the non-adult content on hulu currently will be stripped off and put on Disney Plus. Right. You know, it's just like yeah. the all the parameters are kind of confusing. Yeah. It's a tangled so, web. Like are the ABC shows like is Lost going to be on Disney Plus or is Lost going to be on Hulu? Like where <laughs> where do those kind of things go? It's it's, it's Very tricky. Important questions. I need to know where Lost is at all times. So true. Another reboot surprise that was announced this week which I am not necessarily super engaged in or not, but I feel like a lot of people are, is that there's a Breaking Bad movie coming out. And there had been whispers of the fact that this might be in the works. And then this week in an interview, Aaron Paul said, oh, we are already done shooting the movie. And then a (laughs) teaser trailer just came out of it. So, yes. So I, I have never watched Breaking Bad. I don't really know like where this movie fits in the scheme of things or whatnot, but there is a breaking bad movie that will be coming out that has already been filmed. Hmm. Were you a breaking bad fan at all? Oh no, I was not. So yeah, me, me either. Really? Uh Oh, (laughs) we're not, that's not good. We usually are good at balancing each other out, but now everyone who thinks breaking bad is the greatest series that television has ever seen are going to come for us in our, in our reviews. Well, clearly that's not the case because (laughs) the greatest television series ever is the Jack Ryan television (laughs) series with John Krasinski on Amazon that we reviewed last year. You know, I honestly forgot about that until this moment right now. I think a second season is coming out at some point. And I was like, over my dead body, will Shelby make me watch another eight hours of that? Did I like make you? It was it was society telling us we must. It was a pop culture moment. It was our responsibility as a pop culture, you know, tastemakers to comment on that. I do not think that was a moment. But if you think so, <laughs> go for it. Do you have any other news from this week? Or is your brain addled with Taylor Swift? It's, uh, it's pretty crowded with Taylor Swift. The only other thing was like the Dancing with the Stars cast, which I don't know how this show is still going on. They're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Lamar Odom, um, who is Khloe Kardashian's ex, who was That's famously found. That's a good found. get. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he'll be on it. And then most bizarrely and in frustrate and frustratingly of all, Sean Spicer is on this season. And it's just like, why are we giving him a platform or or why is he relevant to a dancing competition? But he'll be there. Oh, and- please. They will they will take anybody. And as someone who watched <laughs> the full season of Celebrity Big Brother 2 starring Anthony Scaramucci, I really have no room <laughs> to talk about Sean Spicer being on a reality <laughs> no. show. But like... Yeah, they had Kate Goslin. You know, it's like they get these well, people. Well, there's a difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, unsurprising is The Bachelorette. Hannah Brown is also on it. And I, I don't course. really I don't really know who... Usually at the beginning, you know who's going to win just because they have like a dancing background or something. But I didn't really know anyone on there. Was there a right. gymnast or yeah. something? This year, I don't know. I can't I, keep track. I, I did not. I mean, I read the list when it came out, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. like b- commit it to memory. Yeah, yeah. But it's yes, there's lots of away. years where it's like, who's going to win? The race car driver or Simone Biles, seven time <laughs> Olympic gold medalist for gymnastics? It's <laughs> yeah. like, mm, yeah, this is a nail biter. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we probably won't keep you updated on that because I just don't care about that show at all. But it did cross my, uh, peripheral as i was studying my taylor swift news for the week so i think someone would need to like die on that show before (laughs) it came back up again but yeah yeah but um should we get into love it or hate it yes let's do it do you want to go first okay yeah because i have a love it um i went and saw peanut butter falcon which i don't know if you've heard of my husband and i were just watching tv one day last week and we saw a 30-second promo. I'd never heard of it before, never seen anything for it before. But it's a Shia LaBeouf film, and it, it's an artisan film on AMC, so you know what you're getting into. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's the story of this uh, man with Down syndrome who is living in an old folks' home because there's nowhere else for him. But he has this dream of going to this um, wrestling school he has a videotape of and he's been obsessed with. And so he escapes into the night and just starts running towards it. And meanwhile, Shia LaBeouf plays a you know, sort of a sad uh, man down on his luck, just living, fishing, feeling bad about something that happened and they run into each other. And it's sort of this just like feel good buddy road trip almost movie. And it's just so sweet and tender. And it honestly, it was just the most uplifting experience I've had in a movie theater this year. And I mean, given we did go on a Wednesday, but my husband and I were the only ones in the theater. And I was like, how has this movie not been promoted? Like, how has it not been shouted from the rooftops? Because it is so good and so sweet and just a just a balm in this dark, dark time. So I would definitely recommend seeing it. I had not heard anything about it. And then a friend told me, oh, this is supposed to be really good. Yes. It has Shia LaBeouf in it. It's like very... It, it would be an interesting movie to see. They said it's in the AMC Artisan Collection, so you yes. have to go and watch it. No. Um, but yeah, I hadn't heard anything about it. Like, no buzz whatsoever, like, trailer-wise or in podcasts or on mm. line or on Twitter. So, but it's interesting. Now that, you, now that you're saying that you saw it and it's good, I... 
it makes me maybe want to go see it. Oh, good. Such a compliment. Well, plus it's like Shia LaBeouf is, has always been like such a fascinating character to me. And I have just oh, such yes. a, such a warm place in my heart for him, especially after that stunt he pulled, like watching all of his old movies in that New York theater. I just, uh-huh. I just want him to be happy. And, and in this movie, he's just such a great actor. And you kind of like, I don't know why we've forgotten that or haven't given him room to explore that. So I'm excited that this year we had this movie and he's also in a movie that he produced and wrote and maybe directed and he's starring in um, about his life sort of. And so oh, I'm just yes. really excited for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for Honey Boy. I'm, I'm a huge Lucas Hedges fan and Lucas oh, yeah. Hedges <laughs> is playing Shia LaBeouf. So That's excited right. for that. You should yeah. also go see Borg versus McEnroe, which was his movie that came out last year where he plays John McEnroe, the tennis star, because he's oh, pretty yeah, good yeah, in yeah. that, too. And again, not like a weird, it's not like <laughs> a weird movie. It's like a good right. actual movie. It just wasn't promoted at all. Yeah, this was so sweet. And it was just it was just so good. And I would I would watch it again every day for the rest of my life because it just made me feel that good inside. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, I have a love it, not necessarily a feel good movie, but yeah. one that I very much enjoyed. Ready or Not came oh, out good. this weekend, which, is, for those of you who are unaware and haven't seen the 9 million trailers that are going around, it's about a woman who is marrying into a board game empire. And this family is super weird. And for whatever reason, they believe that this, like, ghost figure has told them that every time someone gets married into the family, they have to play a game. And if the game that's drawn out of this pack of cards is hide and seek, that they have to (laughs) hunt the person through the house using old timey weapons and murder them or otherwise all of them will die. So this woman who's marrying into the family draws the hide and seek card has to go and hide and the family who has Adam Brody and Andy McDowell and a bunch of other crazy people has to go hunting through the house with like a crossbow and a battle axe to try to murder this girl before sunrise and it (laughs) is such a good horror movie and also such a fun comedy that I was just like smiling and laughing and enjoying myself through the whole thing and was also a little bit afraid at moments and grossed out at moments. It was like the perfect (laughs) combination of everything. I feel like this is not a movie for you, Shelby, maybe. (laughs) There's feminist undertone, so you could be into that angle of it, but... Some classist commentary, yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty grisly uh, (laughs) deaths, so... I I did have a question. So it's only when they pull out the the hide and seek game or is it yes well i was confused about this as well because from the trailers i was like well how is there anyone in this family right every time someone gets married they have to kill them or the whole family dies so yes this they're like the great great grandfather who started this board game company basically like sold his soul to the devil in order for it to be successful. And the, this like fig, this devil figure from hundreds of years ago said you, if you follow this rule and play these games, then, then your whole family will be rich and successful forever. But if you don't, then you'll all die. And so after every wedding, they sort of like go into this fancy game room and the person who gets married has to draw a card. And sometimes it's chess and sometimes it's, you know, uh, shoots and ladders and, you know, whatever, all these other games. 
And in that situation, everything goes on like normal. But if they draw the hide and seek card, then that's mm-hmm. when they have to play this game. And so that's sort of how um, there's like a stressor throughout the whole wedding of like, is she going to draw this card? Is right. she not going to draw this card? The husband is like, well, I love her and I want her in the family. But also like, what if? <laughs> she draws the card so it's a guy. very interesting setup and then of course because it's the movie that's exactly what she draws and yeah. she has no idea what's going on so she's like oh okay i guess we can play hide and seek this feels weird that it's all of us like adults who are playing this <laughs> hide and seek game and then while she's hiding one of the sister accidentally kills the maid and that's when she realizes oh crap like this is like not going well yeah i mean it's definitely one that looked like I wish I want, I wish I could see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. seems like a good one. So maybe I'll one day watch it, but it's also just really gross sounding. And I did read the synopsis, so it's sort of like I saw it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, a classic Shelby movie. <laughs> yeah. We'll see that one come back out again when we cover it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But um, lots of good things to think about, to see, to explore, to get your AMC A-list out there and go to see these artisan films. Um, Yeah, because Ready or Not was an artisan film. So (laughs) take that for what you will. Yeah, good news for them. But something that is not an artisan film is Taylor Swift's Lover, which is, <laughs> you know, it's not it's what not quite transition. an indie project. So, right, you know, yeah, but we'll be talking about that. Sure. Yes. On mm-hmm. on Thursday's episode where and it will also be similar to Ready or Not, because it will probably be a massacre of me trying to hide while you and <laughs> Ashley chase me down the podcast corridors yeah. with battle axes. Well, and just pitchforks. don't say anything mean. OK. Just okay. kidding. We're fine. If you read our L article, you'll know that we don't 100% idolize her, you know? <laughs> it's only 98%. Yeah, exactly. But no, um, yeah, we'll be joined by my co-hosts from Swiftish, Ashley. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have two Swifties, you know, ready for combat with whatever Matt has to bring. But I think it'll be a, it'll be a good, fun time. And our podcast has basically been building towards this, so... For the for the whole year run, we've been working up to this moment. <laughs> yeah. um, but also until Thursday, you can leave us a review, which would be great on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on all of our platforms. Um, you can also follow Shelby's rise as an L article mm-hmm, interviewee mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you want to go look at that. Exactly. Yes. You're right. I didn't post that on PSU Wrong. I should definitely do that. I mean, it's like a 20 feet from stardom situation for you. So we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. But. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, guys. Have you heard? My <laughs> podcast host was featured in an article of L about Taylor Swift's crazy fandom. I'm yeah. basically famous now. Exactly. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but um, until then, yeah, follow us on social media, leave us a review, and we'll see you guys Thursday. Bye. <laughs>